quite a tough week. Uh, lost the great Charlie Watts. Um, I remember when I was like first discovering rock and roll, I didn't know who the Rolling Stones were. I thought they were just a Bob Dylan song. And songs like You Can't Always Get What You Want would come on. And uh, I think probably some of the slower, sappier ballads kind of stuck out to me in the beginning, like Angie. It's like, who's he? Who's he singing to? And, you know, and then like Miss You and, um, and I, I remember It's Only Rock and Roll really jumped out at me, that song. It's Only Rock and Roll, but I like it. And like, I used to, I was living in Queens and I was 13, 14 years old, grew up very sheltered, didn't know much. And discovering this band, it was like, I mean, it was kind of like how you might have like, I don't know, discovered, um, I don't know, whatever like your favorite like indie artist is. Like I, I genuinely just didn't, I didn't have any reference for the Rolling Stones, which is kind of like, it's so ridiculous to think about it now. I mean, they're, they're almost like a corporation, you know, um, they're they're seriously like a like a corporation. I mean they're they're just huge. Um really, they're huge. I mean I mean it's it's just such a giant machine and there's such a incredible part of pop culture and still are, um, thanks to frankly like the marketing prowess and leadership of of Mick Jagger, which is so strange to think about. Um but I, I kind of discovered them in a very innocent way. I didn't know who they were. I knew that mixed voice was quite strange. I didn't understand like the musicality of of the Stones. Uh, I knew that I knew that the groove was different. I knew that it made me comfortable and, and uncomfortable in the best way. I knew it wasn't like I knew it wasn't that straight ahead like '90s rock or early 2000s kind of like alternative rock that I, I was also like kind of being exposed to. I knew it was different. I knew that there was this push and pull that I couldn't quite understand. And I listened to the drums to Charlie Watts and I would try to, I would try to understand it because I, I knew it just made me like, it, I mean, I, first of all, I noticed it, but I also knew that like the snare, the drums, it just didn't, sound like that new stuff and I had no reference I didn't understand jazz I didn't understand early rock and roll or rockabilly or skiffle tunes I didn't understand that the Rolling Stones were kind of like the popularizers of of this of of like and, and everything everything that I was listening to that came later was influenced by them I just had no reference you know there wasn't anybody really giving me a, a lesson or telling me how all this stuff worked um now I would listen to like um, Little Stevens Underground Garage, and I would listen to Carol Miller, and I would over like the year in ninth grade Queens, I would I would listen on my little I had this alarm clock and the sound machine because I couldn't sleep I still can't sleep, and I had a radio on it and I found Q one zero four three and I would listen, and. I, I would I would slowly put bits and bits and pieces together and go, oh, this is the same band that like has that I can't get no satisfaction. And then maybe like seven months later, like you'd have like a clip of an interview with Keith Richards talking about how he wrote that the riff to like satisfaction. 
And uh, again, I would like slowly kind of start making sense of this band. Um, and they moved me, you know, they, they spoke to me, uh, like they spoke, spoken to many, uh, it was the musicality, it was the attitude, it was the rebelliousness. It was like, you know, people say like Mick Jagger's voice of sex or whatever. I mean, you know, obviously like quite, quite, um, quite romantic and raunchy and dirty and, you know, I mean, brown sugar, like, come on, man. Like so many of their songs are just about, uh, about getting it on. I remember I was at Target when I was maybe 15. I saw the big tongue. I asked a friend, what is that? I'm like, that's the Rolling Stones logo. I was like, cool. And I bought I bought myself a Rolling Stones t-shirt. And, you know, I had different moments. Like with the Stones, I, I, I kind of, um, when I found the album Sticky Fingers and then Some Girls, those two records kind of like really, um, I really spent a lot of time with them. And then afterwards, it would have been like Exile on Main Street. But I only became a really, a real like Rolling Stones fan. And this, I think, is quite odd. Is when I watched their 2006 Martin Scorsese uh, directed um, Beacon Theater performance. It's like live at the Beacon Theater. I think it's called Shine a Light. And it's just the Rolling Stones live in 2006. Okay, so 2006, they're older. They're not in their prime. Um, but... The energy that these old men, you know, let's say I was like watching it and they're about my parents' age and I'm I'm watching the show that they're giving and obviously it was shot beautifully. Um, But like the performance that Mick gave, it it was like, oh, they, they still care so much. And it was the coolest thing to watch a band give that much of a shit in that at that age. And they're not phoning it in. They're not doing the hits. They're still trying to kind of like prove themselves. And even though I didn't really understand this, like, like, um, I wasn't aware of this, but I think in the back of my mind, there was a voice going like, they've worked, they're working really hard to capture a performance that is not in their prime. So clearly like they're still super in it and clearly they feel like they're doing something that they've never done now. Clearly they're 50, 60 years old and they're just like they're still thirsty and hungry for the same thing that they were in those little in those like black and white TV performances from the 60s when there's girls screaming so loud you can't hear them back in the Brian Jones days and of course as a guitar player you you can't help but like try to decipher Keith Richards and not to say it's just you admire what he did what he did with just a couple of notes um what what he was able to do and I mean Sympathy for the Devil that guitar solo is one of the best and it's like not like the other guitar solos that maybe you're trying to learn he's not like shredding and going super fast and the riffs are just the, I mean there's so many riffs Beast of Burden I mean like try and make sense of that song just sonically like I don't I don't like Forget about the song from it. Just sonically, what that song does. Um, you know, everything from Rip This Joint to Memory Motel. I wish I could sing all these songs. I wish I wrote all these songs. And it was clear that they were trying to do this thing where they were very influenced by Bob Dylan. You could tell almost like, if you listen to Sympathy for the Devil, you're like, oh, they're trying to do Dylan. But they made it so much their own thing. And 
um, as a band, you know, they've, they've, uh, well, it's like, you almost get so sick of, of, of trying to sing their praises because like, well, of course they're like the biggest rock and roll band in the world, but I don't think it's worth just brushing over or taking for granted. Um, and then we'll get to Charlie Watts himself and why he was this, like, um, this, like one of the most, arguably the most unique character in rock and roll. I, I like I think he's the most unique character in rock and roll. Like, there's no one else that approached fame, fortune, success, the 60s, the 70s. Like, there's nobody that is that big of a rock star that, that did it the way, like, even remotely close to how he did it. He, he's, he was married to the same woman his entire life from before the Rolling Stones were famous. Same woman. And while they were out partying, uh, experimenting, living on the edge, doing every drug known to man, um, he he was just like home. <laughs> he fav- like he describes that his only like rock star things or he's got a couple of vintage cars. <laughs> you know, he just lives at home. Uh, a friend of mine told me yesterday that he didn't have a drum set at home. He was not the rock star. He wasn't like, he wasn't a rolling stone at home. He was a beautiful husband. He had a bunch of horses. He was a father. And an incredible husband to the same woman. Like, is there any other band of that, like, close to that status that's had the same, that's been in the same marriage for that long? That st- that like a marriage that started before fame and success, and then this astronomical like once in a millennia kind of like fame and success happens, and their their marriage is so strong. This person, Charlie Watts, is such a a strong willed, like just such a human being, such an adult that they're gonna stay in that marriage, and they, well, they become the biggest star in the world. It's insane. It doesn't exist. I think John Bon Jovi's been with the same woman. You know, um, but no one else in the Stones or the Beatles or any of those bands. I mean, come on. So he's this gentleman-like character. Now as a drummer, he's second to none. As a drummer, he, he, like, he was a jazz drummer. He was a jazz drummer in a rock and roll band, in a blues band. And he is the Rolling Stones. He is the Rolling Stones. That group, because the, the Stones, if you try to boil it down, it's like, um, are they the greatest songwriters ever? Like, no, uh, I love their songs. I wish I wrote many of them. What made them special was feel. It was all feel, okay? Now, obviously, they were great rock stars. They were great antics. Mick Jagger sort of like almost invented the, the lead singer. He almost invented that, okay? He did it so well, so uniquely. He, he like invented that. Um, but that, that band was Charlie Watts and, and, and like the character that you talk about, like the joy, the, 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 like that great dignified spirit that was in everything they did because of him, you know? And I don't know why it, it moved me so much when he passed, but it was really sad and it's worth it. Like I talk about a lot, like, you know, not to let like the news cycle kind of drive your emotional world. And I stand by that. But this, I think, this is worth, like, 
meditating on. Who was this man? Was he, he was a great man. Like, was he a great man? Yes. And does his absence mean something to this world? Yeah. And how can you celebrate his life? It's just like, maybe take a couple of lessons from how he actually lived his life. Listen to that music and like pay attention to like his insane feel. Recognize, like ask yourself if you play with such feel and proficiency. Watch him play. Watch how unique his his posture is on stage. What he looks like with that band. Um, without him, that band would have fallen apart 40 years ago. He was the grounding rock of that band. Mick Jagger, there's famous like back and forth where Mick Jagger said, um, you know, he's like, where's my drummer? And Charlie walks in and he looks at him and he goes, I'm not your drummer. You're my singer. And without a character, like w- without that, like imagine just like, like Mick Jagger, the rock star, the ego, like he would have, he would have floated away. He, he probably like, yeah, he literally like that, that he was the foundation of that band, been in the band the entire time. There's no Rolling Stones without Charlie Watts. Now, will they go on? Probably. I think, you know, they've got Steve Jordan filling in for them and he's, or is it Stanley Jordan? Steve or Stanley? Uh, incredible drummer. Um, they've got him filling in. He did all the solo, uh, Keith Richards stuff. I think it's Steve, but it's probably Stanley. Anyway, one of the, one of the great drummers as well. Um, so you know they'll they'll go on, but but it's not going to be the same for sure. And 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 he's going to be like taking. I mean, he's going to play Charlie's parts and going to try to play them as close to Charlie as as possible and honor Charlie. You know, um, there is no like, hey, let's try a new feel. With a new feel, there is no stones. There is no stones. Um. And he was a beautiful man. He raised uh, Arabian horses. And he had a horse sanctuary. Saved a lot of horses. Um, he... I mean, you just, like, look at photos. Like, he... I mean, every interview is just, like, I don't care about fame. I don't care about being a rock star. Like, I just want to be a musician. And it's so beautiful. It's so charming. He's so charming. Like, if you think of the definition of charm, of craft... Charlie Watts and take it in because when, when you, when you entertain that reality, I think you grow from it and you, you, you are afforded just a little bit of that, you know, just like, and he'll, he'll be shining a light long, you know, for many, many years to come, like a star star could be gone, but you still have the light, light years, you know, away and, 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 and and just like stars, you get stardust, and there's pieces of those stars inside of you. I think there's there's going to, you know that that's what happens to a great life like that. You know, it doesn't just go away. Um, so let's do this for uh, for Charlie and for his horses. Um, yeah, Here, here's a song. I I guess it's appropriate. <laughs> Is easy. 
young. Rest easy, Charlie Watts. Charlie Watts. Charlie Watts. Charlie Watts. A great man. And, and I, I do believe that when we celebrate these great people, I think that we become a little bit greater ourselves. And it takes humility to admit to admit that someone's great. Okay? Um, takes humility. And I think that um, maybe we're living in a time when we're trying to we're trying to reassess what our who our heroes are and what our heroes are. Um, certainly, in a time when people are um, looked up to just because they're famous and um, they're almost famous because they're famous or something like that, I, it does get confusing. And certainly, in a time when we're admitting that people that we looked up to maybe were um, deeply flawed and far from perfect, um, that certainly exists, you know, very drastically in the comedy world. Um, with you know one 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 of the famous comedians that everybody looked up to and turned out to be just a, a quite a dreadful uh, sick human being, um, I think it's worth uh, I think it's worth jumping on to uh, any opportunity to appreciate people who are who are truly special. And Charlie Watts was a was an incredible man and moved many people not just musicians, and certainly moved many musicians, not just drummers. Um, and, it, I mean, just look at a picture of him, look into his eyes, and you feel it. You know, you, you he, he gets it. He's in on the joke. He's in on the joke, you know. Um, and that's, that's, just, that's just amazing. Um, we, also, we also lost the great Don Everly. Um, but... Um, We'll talk about the Everly Brothers, um, maybe maybe a little, a little bit. But uh, I had a great I had a great uh, week. I played a gig. Um, I played I played two gigs actually. Uh, played at Threefold Cafe, which is this cafe not too far from where I live now, and and. Um, they have like, I actually worked there for a bit. I worked there, um, for, I don't know, four or five months. It was really fun and romantic and lovely. But then I went to California and didn't really, uh, I wasn't very responsible. So, but we're all still friends. Um, we're all still friends. So I go there and play a gig and it's literally the easiest gig cause it's so close. And I, I just literally, I mean, I just, I, I barely have to pack my car with my gear. I mean, I just show up. It's, it's so great. It's so lovely. And the people there tip really well, so it's very generous. And the food, the food there, oh my God, they made me this meal. It was like the best, the best food I've ever had. And, and it went cold because some people came over and we were talking to me after my set and they wouldn't stop talking to me. I could see like this beautiful, my, like my meal come out. So we planned it with the kitchen that when I'm done, they should have that food waiting. And, and I could just see it kind of, it was outside. I could see the, the steam going up and then the conversation keeps going on and there's less steam coming out of the food cause it's just cold. So, but it was a great conversation and I didn't want to be rude. So we, we talked and talked and, and then I, I, the food was, it was the best meal I've ever had. It was like still, God, it was so good. So Jen, who's the chef over there, she just, she hit it, like knocked it out of the park park. Uh, chimchurri and then they gave, gave, brought me a dessert they're like we you know we don't um whatever they gave me this dessert and it was just oh my god oh it was so bad 
Uh, I was like chocolate mousse. Oh my god! So uh, that was fun. And then the next day, I played um, a gig with the Farmhouse Project, which is awesome. Uh, this lovely couple, Sean and Chris, they they have uh, the Farmhouse Project. Very very cool. Um, kind of like I don't even know how to describe it. Ah, it's cool. Um, they they got a cool thing going on. Really really awesome thing going on. So they throw these events, and they have like beautiful food, and it's in this like usually a special environment i've played with them before and they're just lovely lovely people um and this time it was in an orchard so i got to like play a gig in an orchard and driving through the orchard there's like sheep and then there's all these apple trees and i mean i couldn't i didn't even think my car would make it i'd, I'd drive a little old jalopy and but I, I got out there and it was really fun and you know whenever you're at events like that maybe there's like because there's this vendor from uh woodstock like the brewery there and make spirits and stuff. And, you know, there's such great like camaraderie. I just feel like one of them, you know, it's, it's quite, it's very cute. And, uh, so I, that gig was like at, I don't know, I want to say two o'clock or something. And I had a bit of breakfast, but, but I show up and, you know, there's a, they're making cocktails about 20 feet from my tent where I'm playing. And, you know, she goes, Oh, you want a cocktail? And I, I'm not going to say no. So I'm just, down in cocktails at 2 p.m. and I'm getting quite hammered and the gig just kind of like uh is quite fun it's boiling hot sweaty we got lucky because the next day it was rain and all that so we got lucky but um I was I was pretty I was like I was like this is the only job that you could like that it's like normal to be hammered during um I wasn't really hammered but I, I definitely enjoyed that cocktail and there wasn't a lot of water to go around so I think that that cocktail enjoyed me uh, very, very good. So um, thanks so much, Farmhouse Project and Threefold Cafe for having me. I, I just both of, both of the gigs kind of left me. I, I felt I felt like I felt very happy and lucky. Uh, I just I had such a good time. I and the Threefold Cafe, you know, you're outside and it's ambiance and there's a lovely community there. And, and no, for the most part, people aren't like paying deep attention to the words. So you as long as you keep going, you're kind of fine. So I, I'll make up songs you know i make up a lot of songs um actually did the same thing at the farmhouse project you could just make up a song and no one's gonna really know you know like because if if um if as long as there's still like a sound coming out of your your mouth you're you're kind of cool so for example like this is a this is like a bit of a song that i think i made up i don't know one, one of the gigs and and it's just like if you if if you kind of go with it, no one's gonna know you're making it up on the spot, like right there in front of them, and it could be terrible. And no one knows. I've been living upstate New York for way too long. Oh, I haven't been past those town limits. Dennis, oh man, I'm forgetting. But it's a cute, like, except your kids. Oh, nothing exists outside of those town limits. Except your kids. Except your kids. And that chorus is something like, And we go stock car racing on Saturday nights. I ain't the life of the party, but I feel all right. 
high school I was never one of the cool kids Nothing makes me feel cool Except your kiss Except your kiss I don't know, I have to listen back um, I, I didn't memorize it But, you know, it's just fun And if you kind of uh, It's funny, like I did a better job Making it up in front of people Than now Because now I'm in my head and you're kind of forcing it, but then you're just kind of very loose and who cares? You know, you had a cocktail, people are happy that you're there. People are excited, you know, and you're not there to like give a performance that's going to like move people in that kind of way. No one's paying attention to lyrics, nor should they. There's other stuff going on and you're kind of serving, serving a certain purpose and being compensated for that purpose. And it's quite nice if you can enjoy the heck out of it, you know, and if you could have gigs where it is your job to sort of be the center of attention. Um, yeah, so quite, quite lovely, quite freaking lovely. Um, had a great, just a awesome weekend of gigs. And then I think I got some gigs coming up. Nothing too crazy. I, oh, I was going to tell you, I really want to do this thing. And I know it's a little, it's a little kind of crazy. It's a little bit of a crazy idea, but how cool would it be if we did like a hike and live music? I don't know how I'd frame it. Like hike, sunset hike and live music or something. And a bunch of us met at a trailhead and we went hiking to the top of a mountain and we did a, a gig. Like I just, I play a set of like, you know, four, five, six songs. And like, it's a gig for free on top of a mountain. And we've like hiked and we're all, how fun would that be? I think it might be tricky to, if there, cause if, if like a bunch of people want to come, well then there's not going to be a room at the trailhead for all the cars. You might have to carpool. Logistics might be tricky, but I think it's so doable. It could be so much fun. So uh, let me know what you think of that idea. I don't know. All right. Um, let me try. Let me try another another song um, for Charlie Watts. She would never say where she came from. Yesterday don't matter if it's gone While the sun is bright And in the darkest night No one knows She comes and goes too I heard her say 
cash our dreams before they slip away dying all the time lose your dreams and you will lose your mind ain't life unkind to of love. so much thanks for tuning in i appreciate it tell a friend um lots of loss but um they 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 left us with their with their beautiful beautiful just pieces of their beautiful souls and hearts and um they're gonna keep carrying us through these crazy times and they're gonna keep us calm and keep us collected and keep us sane and keep us happy um so so much to look forward to um 
it's going to be a beautiful week. I hope you have a great week. And again, thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, do tell a friend if, if there's anyone out there you think that um, might enjoy our little shindig here. Um, and uh, yeah, all right. All right. Lots and lots um, and lots of love. Okay. Thank you.